0: Welcome to the end of a lot of things, the end of September, the end of the third quarter of 2023, which is also sort of like the harvest time here in the Northern Hemisphere, at least the end of our sort of growing season of the year, the end of a Rahu and Ketu, the karmic indicators in Vedic astrology cycle. We're at the end of an 18 month cycle there. We're nearing the end of retrograde season, and we're at the end of a lunar cycle with this full moon in Pisces. And so that's what this episode is all about. The full moon is happening overnight tonight as I'm recording this. It's Thursday, September 28th. The full moon is peaking at 5.57 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday, September 29th. Um, Which is tomorrow so the peak of the full moon is really overnight tonight Thursday night and as y'all may know if you've been around I always say I urge you not to be too dogmatic about that I hope you're doing some kind of if you're here listening to an astrology podcast welcome Um, I hope you're doing some kind of full moon activity or um, you know thing. But it doesn't have, you don't have to do it at 6 a.m. tomorrow. The full, The peak of the full moon and new moon is always at a different time. The phase of the new or full moon or any lunar phase is like three days, like a good day and a half either side. The moon will be technically in its full phase. It will be in the sign of Pisces with the sun, which is what makes the, or sorry, the sun's in Virgo, um, opposing the sun, which is what constitutes a full moon so it's like you have two and a half three days window really it's not even like that serious the way I approach astrology is that it's sort of a guidepost to check in and um, see how things are unfolding for us and so doing that anytime around is fine so welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast I'm your host Rosemary Holbrook yoga teacher and Vedic sidereal astrologer. So that's what this full moon is happening in sidereal Pisces, um, which interestingly, we have Rahu, the north node of the moon in Vedic astrology, moving to Pisces in about a month, just after the next full moon, which will be an eclipse in the sign of Aries. And so we'll talk about that more as we get there. That's not what I'm here to talk about today. And so just quick, um, some housekeeping stuff before I get into the details of the full moon, your yoga practices and journal prompts, because that's what a yogi scope is, yoga practices and journal prompts to help you best harness the astrological energies as we go. Um, so first housekeeping announcement, it's the end of September. So I usually put out an, a monthly outlook episode and I plan to do that next week Um, but also I feel like y'all maybe are prepared if you, I've put out a lot of information about the wild stuff that's going to be happening over October between the bonus episode I put out of the Q4 planning, um, for the fall equinox. I put out a, a sort of last quarter of 2023 astrology update as well as the eclipse season episode that was just last week. So there's a lot there to sift through and then next week I'll put out a more specific episode that's a zoom in of just October. So that stuff was a a more medium to long term astrology and then I will give you the rundown of like just October next week. Um, But then this podcast episode is coming out a little bit later than normal because well I was in my yoga therapy training last weekend so that takes up a lot of my time. But I, as you may know, astrology for yogis has been open for enrollment, which is my um, certification course. If you want to become a trauma-informed Vedic astrologer, I have, you know, this flagship course for that. Um, no other Vedic astrology trainings out there are trauma-informed in this way that I've found, which is why I created one, because being trauma-informed is a really big, um, important piece to me, and in fact, a lot of approaches to Vedic astrology are quite the opposite of trauma-informed, and that's something I'm hoping to start a movement to change, so congrats to the most recent graduates of Astrology for Yogis for being a part of that movement with me, and if you would like to be a part of that movement with me, you can go to yogiscopes.com slash afy, We're closing down enrollment with the close of this lunar cycle. It's time to um, kind of turn inwards and get back to spiritual studies. And so I will be guiding those of you that are joining this round through that. um, And in some ways also like I'll be putting my head down and focusing on the course rather than um, promoting it. So that's been taking up a lot of my time. So for those of you I've like been in conversation with revisit that um, creative sequencing based on astrology because that's another portion of the training like a large portion of it is just kind of your run-of-the-mill astrology training although I don't think it's very run-of-the-mill I think the way I approach it is streamlined it's going to streamline learning astrology for you because that's what I the feedback I get from all of my students is that astrology is so complex and confusing and people appreciate the way that I make it simple and practical and now they feel like they finally get it so there's that but then part of it is also how are you going to make this practical and applicable for your students, which is through yoga sequencing and or coming up with some trauma informed remedies for their life. So that's another portion of the training and some of the philosophy of how to do that. I covered in the creative sequencing based on astrology masterclass, which I released on the podcast as just the audio and I'm going to take it down tomorrow. So if you want to listen to it, listen to it before uh, tomorrow afternoon, Friday afternoon. Because I'll take it down probably around like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Time. And so then also, because that's because enrollment closes, I plan to offer it again. So if you miss it, don't worry. Like It'll be better and revamped and I'll incorporate some feedback and stuff next round when I offer it again. And then another shout out for the... Uh, you know, before I dive into the astrology. Thanks to Lewis who submitted something through the Spotify QA saying your shows are so informative and timely. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Lewis. Thanks for saying that. Feedback like that keeps me going and I just found out that y'all can do that. I, did, I thought because I didn't use Anchor, which is Spotify's like thing, um, to do my podcast, I didn't know that I could. Apparently now even people who don't use Anchor can um, take advantage of the Q&A feature and the, I I guess I could post my videos on Spotify, which I've been posting them on YouTube. So maybe I'll do that. And if you want to like say something to me or uh, ask a question, you can do so through the Q&A feature if you use Spotify. So that's fun. Thanks, Louis, for um, saying that and for teaching me that that was a feature that we have access to. So thanks. Um, Now let's dive into The astrology what the full moon in Pisces means okay and so I alluded moments ago to um, it being a sort of big deal because we have Rahu moving there to Pisces where this full moon is in about a month at the end of the next lunar cycle which the next lunar cycle is eclipse season talked about this a little bit on those two other episodes I mentioned um Oh, and I just talked about it in the membership. That was the other housekeeping announcement I wanted to make, was that in the membership, we have a workshop coming up on October 22nd. Our October monthly workshop is all about, like, practical tools and things you can do. I will guide you through exercises to plan the best way for this transit because you can listen to the podcast. Maybe we even take the time to do the journal prompts Um, but there's also that membership piece offers this valuable component of like taking some time to sit down and more like have the time carved out for yourself to plan and do the work to set intentions for how you're intentionally going to show up for this next 18 months transit. So that's on October 22nd, which is a Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. That's for members only. Um, and also new announcement in the membership. I'm now holding my. Q&A's and chart check-ins as just just branding both of those things as office hours every Thursday at 11 a.m. So that's once a week. You have a chance to ask me your questions, come chat, come learn by example, um, and just practice and be in community around Vedic astrology. So that's fun. Uh, Join us if you're interested in that, yogiscopes.com slash membership. So that's what I was just saying in the Q&A this morning. I was giving the members some, some spiel, some rundown about how, um, what cycles might be playing out right now in your chart based on that, not just this full moon, but with Rahu moving to Pisces soon. So I'm seeing for folks that things are coming to a head. Whatever you've been working with for the last year and a half or so. So that's why I started this episode saying we're at an ending. Which is, you know, every full moon is the end of a lunar cycle, right? Or I guess it's kind of like the peak of a lunar cycle. It's like, uh, you know, we're at harvest time. We're at an end of a lunar cycle. We're at the end of the harvest time of year. The growing season of the year. It's time to um, end and, and pare down instead of add on. And... We're at the end of this Rahu and k2 transit, so we're seeing a lot of endings and with this full moon being in Pisces, which is the final sign of the zodiac, um, we're at sort of like a a culmination there as well and so that ties into the meaning of this full moon, which is what we're here to talk about today um and i'll I'll get there in a second, I promise, but it's like a bigger deal than usual because. We're at this end of the Rahu and K2 cycle. We're at eclipse season. Um, we're at Ancestor Fortnite. All these things I've been talking about on the recent episodes, which you can revisit. Um, so I don't have to repeat myself too much for those of you that, that have heard it and are like, come on, get to the point of this full moon, okay? Um, so, yeah, it's I'm seeing stuff happening this week in a big way for people that um, things are just coming to a culmination, things that people have been working towards for a long time are finally hitting, like, breakthrough moments. Also, what I'm seeing is issues that have been issues for people for a long time that they've sort of been um, ignoring or not dealing with are um, coming to a head in some ways, too. So that's, that's what we see at the end of these bigger, more major transits of, like, Rahu and K2 and Jupiter and Saturn is if you've been putting your head down and doing the work that these planets, these transits are asking of you, you will usually see a payoff or see a a resolution towards the end of the transit, um, which is now. And if you haven't been, if you've been putting your head in the sand or ignoring the signs, ignoring the whispers from the universe, from the planets, it's when the universe slaps you in the face and is like, it's time like, to pay the piper. And that is now for this Rahu in Aries, K2, in Libra transit. So whether, how that's playing out for people is either um, they're feeling like ending a relationship that feels like it's been bubbling for a while and they feel like they're at this full moon kind of like ready to do it, or they're feeling like... Um, you know, changing their focus to something else. Like if they, their career has been asking a lot of them for a while, then they're all of a sudden like, I can't, I just can't do that anymore. I need to do something else. Um, can't keep giving them of themselves in the same way. So that's, it depends on where Aries and Libra are in your chart as I've been talking about. But This full moon in Pisces, what I'm seeing with it already, because now we're so close, we're basically, we are in the full moon phase, is that um, things are coming to fruition for people in good and bad ways, and so if that feels true for you, I'm here for you if you want to talk about it, Um, but also sending you like love and clarity and wishes for warmth and peace around whatever it is. And so let's talk about astrologically more diving more into this full moon, which is in Pisces. And so that's what I've been saying is like Pisces being the last sign of the Zodiac, all these reasons, there's connections to endings. What the other sort of thing that this um, full moon is bringing up is this heightened wateriness, heightened emotions. And so as I was describing on the, Previous episode about Rahu moving into Pisces. Pisces is very archetypally like the ocean. And so if you think about the ocean, you know, water as an element in this philosophy, in yoga philosophy, um, Ayurveda, Jyotish, like it it has connections to the emotions. It has connections to like femininity and a sense of flow. It also has connections to this sort of boundlessness or at least Pisces in general with the the ocean archetype this boundlessness this non-duality of the two fish swimming in opposite directions right they can they're they can be going in two ways and they're still the same sign right like that's a Pisces thing and then this full moon in particular is in the nakshatra of Uttara Bhadrapada which as I've Mentioned a few times recently because we just had Mercury retrograde through the Falguni's, Utara and Purva Falguni. And so I was mentioning on that episode that there are three sets of Uttara and Purva nakshatras. And so they come in pairs. If there's an Uttara, there's a Purva. right like, And there's three sets of them throughout the Zodiac. And um, interestingly, actually, just thought of this, Uttara and Purva Ashada are in Sagittarius, which is a fire sign. And Uttara and Purva Falguni are in Leo, which is another fire sign. These ones are in Pisces, which is a water sign. So that's interesting. Um, but the the important thing is that the fact that there's two uh, Badrapattas means that there is also an element of non-duality coming up here. There's this element of this can't exist without that, even though they are different things, right? Um, so that's coming up, and that, but then Uttara Bhadrapada specifically is has a symbol, so the, the Bhadrapadas together make up a funeral cot, and so Uttara is the back legs, and Purva is the front legs, and I still, um. Jury is out for me about if those like so. The Falgunis are like a bed, like a bed you sleep in, so that's why they have a connection to like pleasure and rest and rejuvenation. Um, and funeral cot for these ones that brings the connection to a funeral pyre, the fire of transformations, that death and rebirth, right? That's a funeral, like that's what a funeral cot is, um, like a. a you know the the bed that somebody gets cremated on is a funeral cot, um, but they also have, according to some folks, the symbol of twins. So this whole like they are different things, but they are one and the same notion is coming up heavy for this full moon. So the Pisces fish swimming in opposite directions, the twins, the 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 fact that there's Uttara and Purva, there is this. Um, there's two distinct things that are separate and complete and maybe even contradictory or swimming in opposite directions, but they cannot form the whole without both. So that's the notion of non-duality, right? And Pisces as the ocean is bringing that up too, is like, this expansiveness all encompassing. There's no like putting things in a box. There's no putting the ocean in a box. So I bring all that up to say that these with this full moon, there might be heightened sense of emotions of that spiritual depth, you know, like, I don't know about you, but when I'm feeling the most spiritual connection, it's that, um, I am, you and you are me and we are we kind of like everything is everything is what that big spiritual connection feels like, right? And that's a very like Pisces thing. That boundless, expansive, uh, can't be put in a box, two conflicting things can exist at once spiritual connection might be heightened at this full moon as well as emotions because of that watery connection. Okay. So take all of that and let's talk about what that means in a practical sense of like how this is applying to your life. Um, so just like be on the lookout in general for maybe the messages that are coming through from your subconscious at this full moon, especially if you have dreams on the night of the full moon, but then also be on the lookout of if you are Feeling called to make a big change in your life that is based on self-doubt or based on some emotional dependency or, excuse me, just based on being ruled by your emotions rather than practicality. And as I discussed on the Rahu and Pisces, K2 and Virgo episode, um, that might be a heightened theme for the next year and a half. So if you're having anything kind of going on with it right now, it might be a good time to consider like how you're, what you're going to do about that, how you're going to mitigate that um, over the next year and a half. So to sort of sum all that up, you know, talking about practical, like what are you going to do about it? The um, overall energies of this full moon involve embracing that non-duality And I'll help you with that in the journal prompts. I have some ideas, of course. Um, Can you embrace two seemingly conflicting qualities or truths within yourself? Can you let both be true and exist within your reality? There is also an overall energy at this full moon of paying off karmic debts. So I didn't mention this yet, but the nakshatra... Uttara where this full moon is happening, is ruled by Saturn. And so Saturn has this, um, like, you know, karmic debt thing to it. Like Saturn is going to ask you to pay your karmic debt. And that's being am- amplified as a theme of this full moon by the fact that we are at the end of a Rahu and Ketu transit. That is also bringing up this piece of karmic debts and... This full moon, as kicking off eclipse season, is probably bringing up karmic debts, and the universe is asking you to pay the piper to deal with it. And so that's also being brought up by this full moon. There's another overall energy of death and rebirth. So how can you consider... Like what what karmic debts are you paying off? Is that ending a cycle for you or is it sort of beginning a new cycle? And that's that's the non-duality, is that death and rebirth are also two sides of the same coin. They are also, they might seem like polar opposites, but you can't have one without the other, you just can't. You can't uh, start a new cycle in your life without ending an old one. Um, And there might be some overlap, if you will, that makes it harder to see. Because this is a lot, a big theme I've been talking about lately is that, you know, as we head into this new Rahu and K two transit, um, you'll be sort of wrapping up the old ones, and so it's like even astrologically there is this overlap happening. It's not like you wake up the day that Rahu and K two move, and everything about your life that's going to change over the next eighteen months is different. That's not how any of this works, right? Which is why I often urge you. To not worry about doing your full moon thing at, you know, right at 5.57 a.m. or whatever. Like, don't split hairs over that because that's not what matters. What matters is the slow transition over time. And that transition related to Pisces is already creeping in is what I hope to um, communicate right now. And so with that... um, The end, we're at the end of this Rahu and Ketu cycle, and so there's a a probably a death happening around wherever Aries and Libra are on your chart. There's an end of a cycle so that you can be reborn into this uh, Virgo and Pisces cycle is one thing, Um, but that might play out in a variety of ways based on what houses those signs are in in your chart. And so as I always urge you to get the birth chart decoder and try to figure it out. If you need more help, that's what the now weekly Q&As in the membership are for. Um, you can think of them as like mini readings. Like you can literally bring the same questions. This is what I was also explaining to the members this morning is that the way I look at it is the membership is for your personal astrological practice. Whether you are a professional astrologer or a brand new, don't know anything about it. Like, we have people in there that are, like, stay-at-home moms and, like, uh, work in a career in, like, government. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be a professional astrologer, but you can be because we all need that space held for our practice. And then the Astrology for Yogis course is if you do want to become a professional astrologer. And then even if you do, you can still have that space held for you in the membership. Or you can book a reading if you'd rather be more private about asking these more specific questions about yourself Or you can DIY it with the birth chart decoder and Dr. Google, um, and try to figure out how this is lining up for you. But I promise it is. I promise there is some slow trickling happening where maybe you feel it, maybe you intuitively know, um, and sort of figuring it out is how you move more intentionally through it, which is what I'm trying to support, I guess. So thanks for listening to that tangent, um... Another major theme of this full moon is um, emotional depth, like people are just probably going to be kind of watery and more in touch with their feelings, which can be good for people that have learned healthy ways to uh, have outlets for their even more challenging feelings, but it can come out sideways if you or anyone around you have not learned how to have healthy outlets for more challenging feelings. Uh, sort of emotional depths, which is what might be being brought up by this full moon. So we'll get into some journal prompts in just a moment to sort of help with that. Your yoga practices for the full moon, if you can work this into maybe your asana practice, Padabanda, which is the foot lock. So Pisces is the feet. And this full moon and sort of everything else we have going on right now with what Rahu and Ketu are doing, with what Saturn's doing. Jupiter's retrograde. It can all be very ungrounding, especially as we head into Vata season here in the Northern hemisphere. Um, it can be very ungrounding. So it's a good time to connect to the feet to, um, then also find your balance because of that. So Pada Banda is imperative to, Balancing work, like maybe you've been to a yoga class or you've been the yoga teacher that has said in a yoga class where um, you're doing a balancing pose and you encourage or are encouraged to connect to your foot before you come up into, say, tree or any other balancing pose is to first connect to your standing foot. Always root before you rise, right? And so the feet are very imperative to your balance in asana and the postural Practice and in walking around in your life. This is something I sort of tell my students a lot is like you ever hear how people lose their toes like their middle toes and they have to learn how to walk again. It's because that's how important your feet are in ambulatory life and being grounded and moving through life right like your feet are everything. And so Pisces being the feet also with everything being ungrounding if you can just connect to the feet as much as possible for that grounding and for creating that balance. Because also when there's like non-duality, we want to find the balance, the middle path between the two seemingly conflicting fish, or you know, I was going to say between the two fish swimming opposite directions, between the two seemingly conflicting ideas. So balancing work and connecting to the feet is a great way to sort of embody and harness these energies and um, work with them in a positive way in your life, which is what we're going for. And so you're, Journal prompts. I have it's kind of a long list this time, so there's really like two or three prompts, but then I have lots of ideas of, of non dualities you could examine in your life. So the first journal prompt is, What are you harvesting at this equinox? Maybe you revisit the journal prompts that you answered from the new moon that was in Uttara Bhadrapada in March near the spring equinox. So whether you're in the northern or su- southern hemisphere, we have this equinox. Um, equal day, equal night archetype going on right now. Um, and we had a new moon in March at the last equinox. And so you could even go back and revisit that podcast episode. If you've been following along this entire time, that's why I always encourage you to have a transit journal and do these journal prompts in, in the same place so that when I say revisit, you can, Um, so what were you setting forth at that time in March at that new moon, a new Tara Badrupada, that you're hoping to harvest now. Like how did it go for you? And maybe, you know, what answers are there? Did it go well? Did it not go well? And why? Right. And then where in your life could you embrace non-duality more? Where could you hold two seemingly conflicting truths, with more love and compassion and so here I'm getting ready to rattle off a lot of ideas at you but I'm also these are posted in the sign by sign in the membership if you want to see it written out Um, so one you are a deeply spiritual person and sometimes your mind is turbulent or hard to quiet having a loud mind doesn't make you any less inherently spiritual and being spiritual doesn't mean that sometimes you won't have a racing mind or whatever. Um, and then another one, I have a few related to relationships because I think that's coming up heavy as we end this Rahu and Aries, K2 and Libra, self, other sort of karmic stuff coming up. You can be a loving parent, partner, or friend, and sometimes you need to be selfish about your own needs. Number two, you can hold different beliefs from others and respect their perspective or love them as people. You can be assertive and you can be compassionate. You can, and then here's some, that's all the relationship ones and just some other ones about navigating life. You can embrace change and appreciate stability, which is a big theme of this, like I was saying, on grounding. Can you embrace riding the tides of the ocean of Pisces, right? And want to find that groundedness while also not getting stuck there, being overly grounded, root chakra imbalance, right? And then you can experience joy and sadness simultaneously. You can be grieving and still want to live a fulfilled life. You can seek personal growth And accept yourself exactly as you are. You can be ambitious and content with your current circumstances. Being grateful for your life doesn't mean you can't want more. Right? You can be on a spiritual path and still live successfully in the world. Right? So that's also another one I I kind of harp on a lot that might be a big theme of this next year and a half. Is that can you participate in life and remain detached from it? Or do you more feel like you need to go live in an ashram to be spiritual? Which I'm not hating on ashrams. Like, whatever. Maybe we need those people, I guess. But can you be in the world and still maintain spirituality? Or, um, yeah, how does that show up for you? Do you feel like you need to remove yourself from the world to maintain that spiritual connection? Or when you participate in life, do you get overly really attached kind of thing? Like, Um, And then you can have moments of doubt and believe in yourself or your vision wholeheartedly. You know that you are strong and resilient and you're allowed to feel things and feel your feelings. So I wonder if any of those things or many of those things is sort of bringing up anything from you. If you have a tendency to slide further towards one side or the other, investigate that for yourself at this full moon. You don't have to investigate all of them. But maybe a couple just look at how you hold non-duality in your life. Can you hold space for all these parts of yourself and parts of human experience? And these things for other people too. So yeah, um, I hope you have a wonderful full moon. I hope you're able to find balance and emotional depth in your life while also maintaining that connection and groundedness in reality without just getting completely swept up in the in the riptide and and taken away from shore so that you know what's going on this full moon. And so also I hope that if you have questions or want to dive further into this, you know where to find me for more resources. If you either want a reading or to join the membership, yogiscopes.com offerings is where you can find those things. And if you're thinking about joining Astrology for Yogis, we start tomorrow on the full moon. So I hope you'll get in there if you've been thinking about it please remember to keep your feet on the stars your head in the light your feet in the stars <laughs> did i just so totally mess that up oh my gosh please remember to keep your feet on the ground your head in the stars and stay in the light is that not a pisces woman your feet in the stars okay i'm not gonna edit that out until next time take care friends